0: Welcome to another week of The Days That Music Died, right here at my home for our at-home sessions. I hope you all are staying safe and all are well, as well as we um, continue another week to tackle this life <laughs> and the new normal, this new abnormal um, to what it has been stricken upon us and uh with today everything that's going on so i hope you all are again well and are staying safe but let's go ahead and get into today's show we've got some exciting stuff for this week's show of the days of music died and again i am your host caleb um quick plug as always like us on facebook right here as we are uh cross posting as usual with wjmu and uh the days of music died facebook page like us right here and we're also on twitter now i know i am uh, advancing <laughs> in the world so we are on twitter now that is some exciting stuff to look forward to but you can like us on twitter at the days that music died if you don't already um that's something last few days i've tried to work with a little bit more i need to get better at posting on there um but i will i will i can promise you that but that that's a a process that we are that i am uh, starting to get used to along with the facebook page um which i plug just about every day which is pretty cool um So, yeah, go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Days That Music Died and on Twitter at The Days That Music Died as well. And that podcast is recording and we will have it up later today um, as per usual. That will be a weekly thing for now. So, that's some exciting stuff. And that's linked with the app Anchor, which is a free app, easy to sign up for to listen to it there um, but that link will be up after the show every single every single Thursday probably around the five to six o'clock hour um, fingers crossed on that one <laughs> that uh, podcast is exciting and of course my blog my my personal blog under the radar the link is um, is on my other uh, show's Facebook page, and I believe I put it on the About page um, for this show as well. So that's Under the Radar on uh, Wix.com that you can check out as well. well. Let's go ahead and put our thinking caps on, our time traveling caps on. Let's get get that on there, and uh, <laughs> let's go back in time to what life was like in 1960. So this week's featured artist passed away tragically, it truly tragically passed away in the year 1964. So what was life like in 1964, you ask? Well, life in 1964 was, um, well, the year yearly inflation rate in the U.S. Um, was about 1.28%, the year in Dow Jones' average was 874 An average cost of a new house was $13,000. Average cost of a new car was $3,500. An average income per year was about 6000 Gas, uh, gas per gallon was roughly 30 cents. A U.S. Post- postage stamp was 5 cents. Average monthly rent was $115 or so. Um, loaf of bread was about 21 cents. And a movie ticket was $1.25. And that wraps up our statistics for 1964. Moving into the events. And as a history buff and as someone who um, uses the history side of things for this show. I never really realized, I guess connected the dots, that how much happened in 1964, especially in the U.S. This is a very um, odd year. Not only is it um, lots of controversy kind of is boiled into it, wrapped into the year 1964, but at the same time, you've got a year of just all kinds of just different things are happening at once, all kinds of things, and, and that goes to all sorts of different subjects, um, politics to, you know, war that has that similarity to sports, to entertainment. I mean, at the end of the day, all links to one another, but it's all over the place. So some of the big events that happened in 1964, we have the Vietnam War in 64. The Boston Strangler Albert DeSalvo is captured in 64. The Warren Commission concludes that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone on the assassination on President John F. Kennedy, also known and famously known as as JFK and that of course happened in 1963. Uh, his assassination down in Dallas, Texas. Um, so the Civil Rights Act of 1964 is signed and enacted into law by President Lyndon B. Johnson. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. receives the Nobel Peace Prize in 64. Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton marry for the first time in 1964. NASA launches the Mariner 4 spacecraft. The Heart of Atlanta Motel versus United States um, court case was decided. The Motel. Of Atlanta, Heart of Atlanta Motel was a violation of Title II of the Civil Rights Act that had been um, set into place earlier in 64. The first Beatles U.S. album release, Cassius Clay beats Sonny Liston for the World Heavyweight Championship. President Johnson declares a war on poverty, declared a war on poverty campaign. The first Ford Mustang is made. The 24th amendment to the U.S. Constitution is ratified and removes the right to vote in federal elections on payment of a poll tax um, in 64. For washington dc residents are finally able to vote for the first time in a presidential election most powerful u.s earthquake hits alaska with a 9.9.2 magnitude um race riots happen in harlem and all over the u.s including chicago but they start in harlem u.s surgeon general reports that smoking may lead to lung cancer for the first time in 1964 james hoffa is found guilty in new york and sentenced to eight years in bribery charges uh, the World's Fair is in New York this year. In '64, the Star of India, India Sapphire, was stolen from the American Museum of National History in New York. The Ku Klux Klan: three civil rights workers disappear after investigating the burning of an African American church by the KKK. And Jack Ruby is convicted of the murder of Lee Harvey Oswald. And that some of the big events that happened in 1964. I mean, all over the place, really taking place with. Um, War, government, politics, terrorism, crime, awful situations, all sorts of things are happening. Um, throughout the year 1964, and, and you have um, Lyndon B. Johnson, the president at this time, really trying to this War on Poverty campaign, try, trying to enact different laws, trying you know civil rights, trying to for the Democratic Party, you know, trying to be that stabilizer of sorts, um, is what he's trying to do, and, and so this is happening throughout all of 64, and and really the rest of Johnson's um, presidency as well. Uh, but pop culture references, um, big movies, popular movies in 1964, The Carpetbaggers, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Um, one more mad in there it, for today. Uh, <laughs> My Fair Lady, Mary Poppins, and the unsinkable Molly Brown are just some of the big movies that were released in 1964. And we look back, and uh, you know, personally, My Fair Lady is, is a popular, um, a, a classic movie, um, but if we really look at these movies that I just listed, Mary Poppins is the big one that stands out. I mean, Disney just made a sequel to it, or the uh, Mary Poppins Poppins Returns, if I do remember correctly. Fantastic movie, but Mary Poppins um, in 1964. This is the start of a lot of things Disney, especially with Julie Andrews. This is the big hit that just blows everyone's mind, and um, having this... Still be a classic and so many people still referencing Mary Poppins and still watching Mary Poppins is incredible. Truly. Um, just, just an amazing movie. And so it shows the times from 1964 to 2020. And what we're still considering a classic. Still considering a, a family flick. A favorite overall. Something that is iconic compared to today. And, and something that's still being watched like it's on Disney Plus now. You can still watch that movie tonight if you wanted to with your family. Or yourself. <laughs> and um, it's, it's really, you know that aspect of um, even with all these years apart something can still live and still be influential and it's it's the big debate with The Wizard of Oz is still considered one of the most classic movies of all time because of that nostalgic factor and how it changes for people and through generations and that's the same thing that Mary Poppins does as well but it still has that factor of your childhood, that nostalgia and that fact that wow, you know th- this is a, a film that just gets you in the heart and so it really is is um, really neat. It truly is. But some popular music, um, popular artists that are are out and about in 1964 that release live music constantly on the radio, or whatever it be. Um, the Beatles, Roy Orbison, Ella Fitzgerald, Simon and Garfunkel are just to name a few. And then even our artist um, for this week's featured artist is popular in 1964. A little bit more internationally at this time, but definitely popular in 1964, but a lot more popular in the years prior to his tragic passing. And then, of course, President Johnson defeats Barry Goldwater in the U.S. presidential election in 1960. And that moves us into our today's focus, which is none other than Jim. Reeves. James Travis Reeves was born on August 20, 1923 in Galloway, Texas as the youngest child of eight to Mary Beulah Adams Reeves and Thomas Middleton Reeves. He was known as Travis during his childhood and he won an athletic scholarship to the University of Texas where he enrolled to study speech and drama but quit after six weeks to work in the Houston shipyards. He then resumed baseball and signed a contract um, not too long after uh, to play with the St. Louis Cardinals farm team during 1944 as a right-handed pitcher. He played for three years in the minor leagues before severing his sciatic nerve while pitching and it ultimately ended his athletic career. Reeves' efforts to pursue a baseball career were sporadic due to the looming of the draft for World War II um, before he... He uh, injured his sciatic nerve, and on March 9, 1943, Reeves reported to the Army Induction Center in Tyler, Texas, for his preliminary physical examination. He ultimately failed the exam um, due to most likely a heart irregularity, and an official letter in August declared his 4F draft status. Reeves began to work as a radio announcer and sang live between songs. He was contracted in the Uh, Late 40s for a couple of small Texas-based recording companies, but without any success during this time. He was influenced by Jimmy Rogers and Moon Volekin and popular singers and crooners at the time like Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra. Uh, soon after this, Reeves became a member of Moon, Woll- Mollick- Moon Mulligan's band as a tongue twister, and he obtained a job as an announcer for KWKHAM in Shreveport, Louisiana, the home of the popular program Louisiana Hayride. Singer Hank Williams, um, as is reported, was late for a performance, and Reeves was actually asked to fill in for him uh, when he was working for Louisiana Hayride. Uh, the country music singer with, had early success hits um, such as I Love You, Mexican Joe, and Bimbo, which all reached number one on the U.S. country, and, and Bimbo specifically reached number one on the U.S. country charts in 1954. Uh, during the Louisiana Hayride, Reeves met Little Joe Hunt after performing together and later on traveled and performed together for several years in dance halls and clubs of East Texas and rural Arkansas. Reeves became the headliner, with Hunt serving as a backup throughout the majority of this time. Um, with growing popularity, Reeves released his debut on um, Jim Reeves Sings in November 1955, where Reeves signed a 10-year contract with RCA Victor um, by Steve Scholz, who then produced some of Reeves' first recordings um, at the beginning of his contract, starting in 1955. Uh, Marty comments, I was a kindergarten in 1964. Great music, British Invasion, but also American music. Motown. Yes. And that's actually something I want to talk about a little bit later in the show as well. Um, thank you for mentioning that. And Sam Cooke also died tragically in 1964 and, uh, not to name any hints, but, um, he may be featured soon. <laughs> He's on the short list. Um, Sam Cooke is definitely a possibility, um, at being someone who, who, who is featured. Uh, so that's, that's something to look out for in the next few weeks. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I definitely have to agree there. Lots of great music in '64. This is in the '60s in general. You've got you've got a, some big movements happening, especially Motown. Um, let's focus on Motown real quick. Motown is is huge with what's going on in 1964. Um, and really, just in the early to mid-60s, we have a lot of Motown. And, and I think um, we've covered some artists in the past that have s- somewhat dealt with Motown or kind of been the end of Motown, such as Marvin Gaye. Um, I feel that Sam Cooke once he is featured on this show will definitely be a big aspect of that Motown um other artists such as Little Richard is a big big point in part of Motown as well throughout this time um Tammy Terrell it was big lots of different artists really temptations throughout this period of time so talking about this american music talking about Motown you know say compared with Jim Reeves Jim Reeves has this american music the most some of the most american music out there which is country and Jim Reeves takes it beyond American music. He, he makes it international. That's something I'll talk about later in the show as well, but he makes it international. So Jim Reeves is not just making American music. He's making music. And I feel like even at periods of time, Motown, you have other areas in the world that start to hear Motown and think, holy crap, this is good. <laughs> and, um, throughout this time you have this American music so you have American and moving more in the 70s you've got the American psychedelic rock and you've got different levels and and uh, layers of that as well into American music and um and I I think going back to what you said Marty you know with Motown Motown is is a big aspect of 1964 Motown's a big aspect of the 60s and in Relating that um, to Jim Reeves, our focus for today's show, Jim Reeves um, was big for country music. Jim Reeves was big for music. He brought country music worldwide. It was no longer nationally popular, or even at times, it was really regionally popular. You have these six states or so that really have this big influence on country music, especially Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee, a big point. And Jim Reeves puts Nashville on the map. He puts, he puts a dot right there and puts it on the map. And next thing we know it, country music is nationally known. It's It's very well known. Yet, next thing we know after that, Jim Reeves makes it, internationally known and, and i think one of the cool things about this and one of the neat things about jim reeves is the fact that he never desired that nor thought he was going to do that he was simply making music yet he became interla- internationally well known he toured all over all over the world um and, and something i'll get into he was honestly during times especially leading up to his death and right after his death he was quite possibly um much more popular overseas than he ever was in the country in, in the country in the United States and that I, I mean that that's a huge point to me to, to mention about Jim Reeves um, Marty also says I remember welcome to my world by Jim Reeves which is on the playlist by the way um, you were really sneaky this week <laughs> with my hints uh, Conwood twitty also played baseball had a radio show etc you were hit um, thank you for that Marty I didn't I'm glad I, I tricked you. You know, I feel like a lot of people were stumped this week because not everyone knows Jim Reeves, and that's why I wanted to focus on him, and even the people that do were even stumped. A, a lot of people reached out to me personally and said, um, I have no clue who this is. <laughs> and it's funny. I honestly thought I gave it away, not going to lie, if you knew who he was. Um, but at the same time, you make a great point. Conway Twitty, um, you know, had played baseball for a period of time. A lot of a lot of artists at this time did some sort of sport or, or did something else, and a big thing was radio, radio show. And I think one of the things which I'm, I think I got to um, already, or I'll tack on right now, I suppose, is um, with Jim Reeves. Jim Reeves used to sing in between songs. So he would he would go on for his show during his shift on the radio, and he'd, he'd introduce the songs and everything, but he also started singing originals, covers, whatever it be, he would sing in between each song. And this allowed and delivered um, kind of the beginning and the start, the uptick for Jim Reeves and what we would know him as. Jim Reeves was simply just a radio guy, a radio DJ for a short time, and next thing he knows it, he's a singer-slash-radio DJ on the radio. Next thing he knows it, He's a vocalist. He, he's a country music star icon, and he's he's internationally popular and well-known. I, I Crazy how life works sometimes. But um, Welcome to My World is a, is a phenomenal tune by Jim Reeves, and of course that is on the playlist which we'll post here shortly when we talk more about the music aspect um, of, of exactly how I crafted the playlist and everything there. Um but again, back into these different points, and, and I'll I'll try to mention some of these things that I mentioned uh, just now with these comments here in a moment as well. Reeves did sign a ten year contract with RCA Victor by Steve Schultz, um, who produced some of Reeves, Reeves's first recordings, as I mentioned in 1955. Reeves made, Reeves made his first appearance on ABC TV's Ozark Jubilee, and was such a hit that he was actually asked to be the fill in host from May to July 1958. Reeves relied on the loud East Texas style, which was considered standard for country and Western performers at that time. Yet he actually developed a new style of singing over the course of his career. Um, And this was very controversial for him to do this. A lot of record execs were like, No, you're not. Radio people were very mm, iffy about it. Even a lot of his his producers and everything in the studio were were just not so certain about it. But it's actually Chet Atkins, which we'll get to in just a moment, who helps influence him to make the move. Uh, so he develops this new style of singing uh, Reeves decreased his volume and starts singing from the lower registers of his vocals with his lips nearly touching the microphone with an endorsement by producer Chet Atkins Reeves releases a single four walls um, titled four walls with his new style and actually scores number one on the country charts and even number 11 on the pop charts too so this is the first time that Jim Reeves is crossing over he's no longer a country artist he's a crossover Artists. This is huge. Um, Again, when mentioning Jim Reeves, because as I've already mentioned so often, Jim Reeves was internationally known. So, in order for that to happen, he couldn't just dominate. The country charts. He had to dominate the pop charts as well. And for a country artist to make it over to number eleven on the pop charts, on the popular charts in the U.S. at that time, that's a big deal. Nowadays, we look at it and we see artists like Dan and Shay and Luke Bryan and all those people, Luke Coves, all, all the all the new people, and, and and even you know bigger artists and Taylor Swift at one point in time, and and all that. You, you look at these people and you see Casey Musgraves. You see, uh, you see them constantly getting in the top fifty. And the U.S. You see them for pop. A country a given for a lot of those artists. But definitely pop. Um, you, you see them being played on pop stations. you got Dan and Shay. With two, like two or three singles right now. Being still played on pop stations for the past seven, eight months. I mean Speechless. Their single from this past summer. Was just monstrous on the pop radio stations. On the top 40 stations. For the entirety of summer 2019. At this time, though, and this goes back to that comparison I was talking about earlier during our Life in 1964 segment, um, we have... 1964 to 2020 and the differences that lie between and how different it is to, say, get on the pop charts, whether you be a pop artist or a rock artist and you're crossing over or simply a country artist and you're crossing over as well. It's it's difficult. Yet we have so many more artists doing it now, even though, yes, it's it's a consensus of the same seven to ten, but we have so many more, but at this time, back in 1964, what life was like in 1964, what we're focusing on right now, it, it was a huge accomplishment, really, it, it really was, it was very important, if, if that happened, boom, you're set, <laughs> you're good, you know, and, um, and we, again, back to all these things happening in 1964 we have this great music we have the british invasion as we've talked about before when we featured when i featured john lennon on the show motown is a huge aspect that's one that i'll definitely get into more as um, more episodes more more shows come out for the show we'll we'll i'll definitely make sure there's more kind of happening um, with that. So that's definitely um, something to look forward to. But, but that Motown goes into what I was talking about as well. But that that gets me back into talking about crossing over to number 11 on the pop charts with four walls. Reeves was instrumental in creating a new style of country music using lusher backgrounds and violins, um, which became known as the Nashville sound. Remember what I mentioned earlier with Jam um, Reeves made Nashville on the map, he put Nashville on the map. He he put that dot there. and Said, boom. Nashville, Tennessee, you're on the map." And he did it by doing the, having this Nashville sound. And obviously, it wasn't just Reeves who who did it alone. Lots of people, especially Chet Atkins, and that's something to to point out as well. Is it wasn't just Jim Reeves. There, there were other people that influenced him. But the biggest one of all had to be his producer Chet Atkins. Chet Atkins influenced him to do this and um, this was very important to talk about and to discuss with Jim Reeves because it wasn't just Reeves again it was Atkins um, that helped him and so the sound crossed genres and made Reeves extremely popular um, nationally and then of course eventually internationally as well. Reeves became known as a crooner because of his light yet rich baritone voice. He was given the nickname of Gentleman Jim, which was an apt description of him both on and off the stage. He was a very well-respected man, very liked man. Um, He was known to have a kind soul and a good heart, or a good soul and a kind heart, however you want to say it. And um, he had just this beautiful, silky voice that... Honestly, it's been a while since I would really listened to Jim Reeves before making this playlist for the show, uh, before featuring he- him here, and uh, I have to say, I forgot how just beautiful his vocals are, really. I mean, his voice is amazing, and we'll talk about more when we get to more um, of the music on the playlist part of the show. But Reeves scored his great success, his first great success, with He'll Have to Go, a Joe Allison composition and was a success on the country and pop charts which earned him a platinum record. The record was re- was released in 1959 and hit number 1 on Billboard's Hot Country Songs in 1960 and scored for 14 consecutive weeks. So this is just the beginning of Jim Reeves and his dominant track record. Reeves's international popularity was sometimes larger than his U.S. popularity, helping give country music a worldwide market for the first time. This is something I, I've already mentioned. Yeah, he, 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 puts, he puts country music, not only Nashville, on the map, but he puts country music on the map. And people are saying, I wish all country music was like that. <laughs> and uh, South Africa in the 1960s, Reeves was more popular than Elvis. In South Africa and actually recorded several albums in the African's language. In 1963, he toured and starred in the South African film Kimberly Jim, including a special prologue and epilogue um, after his death stating that he was a true friend of the country. So after he passes away, South Africa really was quite fond of Jim Reeves. And so they they put out this film. And uh, they put an epilogue and a, per- a prologue and an epilogue to it, just just stating that he's a true friend of the country, and then that they'll miss him dearly. Um, and, and so that, to me, is not only is it just, um, I think it's really important to see who Jim Reeves was as a person, but also how well he, how well respected he was, not only in the United States but in the world, all across the globe all across the globe overall, <laughs> and, and I, think that, um, I think that's very important with Jim Reeves. Um, in Britain and Ireland, uh, he actually toured the two countries in 1963. Reeves loved the audiences but expressed concern with the stages and pianos on hand during his time in Ireland. Um, so he had some concern here, but he enjoyed the audience. He said he enjoyed his time there, and he he enjoyed the, the audience again, you know, the interactions and everything that's happening, but, um, he is, he, he's, he's touring Ireland and he's, um, he's noticing these, I guess, problems of sort, but they don't necessarily, um, cause him too much trouble rather than yet. Um, his time is cut short a little bit. He tends to make his sets a little bit shorter throughout this time because the pianos aren't are in tune or they're, they're kind of crappy and, um, But he he loves the audiences, he loves his time and the performances that he's, um, he's having as well. The single Welcome to Singles, I should say Welcome to My World and Juanita were actually released by RCA Victor during June 1963 and bought by the distributors Irish Records Factors Limited. He scored a number one record for Reeves when he was there and Reeves planned to record an album of popular Irish songs and had three number one singles in Ireland during 1963 and 1964. The singles I Love You Because and I won't forget you, were estimated to have sold 860,000 to 750,000 records, respectively, And British. He had 11 songs on the Ireland charts from 1962 to 1967. He'll Have to Go was his most popular song uh, there in Ireland, um, and was one of the most popular recording artists ever in Ireland as well. He actually wasn't permitted to perform in Britain uh, due to lots of uh, rights in, in different companies, uh, restricting that but he did appear on British radio and TV programs uh, throughout this time as well in the country Norway Reeves performed two concerts at a sports arena in 1964 with the second being televised by the Norwegian network NRK the concert wasn't recorded and included some of Reeves' last songs um, his first success in Norway was with He'll Have to Go which scored number one on the charts for 29 weeks and again He'll Have to Go was his biggest his biggest, and his greatest success this is a song that is just extremely extremely popular so many things are happening and uh, i i think that it's it's really interesting to see that he'll have to go as not only a an american hit but it's an international hit this is a hit that as i already mentioned was hugely widely popular in britain widely popular in south africa widely popular in ireland and of course now norway is like I love this song, <laughs> and so um, that's uh, that song is scored number one on the charts for 29 weeks, but I Love You Because was his biggest success in Norway, scoring number one in 1964 and on the list for 39 weeks, so Norway one ups it with I Love You Because um, becoming the biggest success for Jim Reeves in um, Norway his album spent 696 weeks in the Norwegian top 20 charts making him one of the most popular artists in Norwegian history so you already have him as one of the most popular artists in Ireland history now you have him as one of the most popular artists in Norwegian history and one of the most popular country crossover to pop artists in American history and so if that doesn't show you you know how iconic Jim Reeves was, then I, I really don't know what, what, what would, to be, to be frank. Um, his last recording session, um, Reeves' last session with RCA Victor actually had produced Make the World Go Away, Missing You, and Is It Really Over. Reeves suggested recording one more song with time remaining on the schedule. On the schedule. So I Can't Stop Loving You was his final RCA recording before his untimely and, and extremely tragic um, passing. He made one more recording, though, in his home studio in late July 1964, not too long before he passed away, with the song I'm a Hit Again. Reeves recorded it with just an acoustic guitar as the accompaniment, and uh, it was never released by RCA since it was a home recording, um, and they didn't actually own the rights, but it was put on um, one of the Grace Grace hits records uh, released, I think, in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, which RCA collaborated on as well um, for Jim Reeves. For his personal life, Jim Reeves married Mary White on September third, nineteen forty-seven. He never had any children because um, Reeves was actually believed to be sterile due to complications from a mumps infection. So, before we get into the music aspect, um, you know, talking about Jim Reeves and talking about the, the the impact that he has on music as a whole, especially the world, um, as you as I've already said and, and I've lightly touched on. Jim Reeves becomes extremely important in in Norway, in Ireland, Britain, and in South Africa throughout this time. And we'll mention a few more countries later on in the show as well um, for specific reasons. Um, But you you have this period of time where Reeves is extremely popular in those countries as well as the U.S. So Reeves is staking his claim as an international um, artist. He's no longer an American, you know, national known artist. He's an internationally known artist. And Jim Reeves, just each single he releases becomes devoured by more and more countries and more and more people um, and citizens in these countries. They are just loving the music that Reeves is coming out with because it's unlike anything else they've ever heard. And I think that right there is the cherry on top. (laughs) <laughs> really, I really do think so. Um, Jim Reeves having that ability to to be able to reach out to people that way, and being able to um, continue to release hit single after hit single, and not just in America, but over the over the world overall it is it is quite awesome <laughs> uh, but some tunes featured on the playlist uh, that's public so you can go ahead and check that out whenever you want to you can listen to that right now if you want to um that is completely up to you and of course as always uh, i will make sure that that um playlist is put on the days of music died uh facebook page as well and if i remember i'll put it out on the twitter page which is also the days of music died so if you don't already um like us, follow so like us, follow us. What, whatever it is on Twitter, do it. Uh, <laughs> but we'd love, we'd love to have you, and and I'll definitely try to post more on Twitter over the next few weeks. So we've got songs like Blue Boy, Welcome to My World, as Marty mentioned earlier. Um, and this was released in 1964. Um, Mexican Joe, which features his East Texas loud, in your face style. Um very swingy type of style that's happening um, at the beginning, especially with country music overall and Reeves. So Reeves uh, puts out a lot of music this way. Mexican Joe is kind of the, the epitome of that for Reeves. Um, this is It by Jim Reeves. Um, all ca- Distant Drums, Am I Losing You, I Guess I'm Crazy, Billy Bayou. Um, all kinds of different songs are happening for Jim Reeves. Kimberly Jim, the the, the lead single, the, the film, Across the Bridge. Um, which is featured off his spiritual record that he released. Um, Danny Boy loves an, is no excuse. The blizzard. Have you ever been lonely? Uh, uh, a duet with Patsy Cline, which I'll get to more on in a minute. I love you because, and of course his biggest hit. He'll have to go. And, and my personal favorite. I love. I love you because. Um, Danny Boy's rendition of Danny Boy, which he actually recorded and released for Ireland, was is brilliant. Um, Am I Losing You is amazing. Blue Boy, oh, his vocals on Blue Boy are just insane. Um, I Love You Because is is a phenomenal tune, so I really do love that tune as well. Is this this is it? And Am I Losing You are really uh, phenomenal tunes. They're all great. So uh, I hope you enjoy um, as as much as I certainly do. But those are all the songs on there, uh, featured on the playlist for this week. Of course, you can go ahead and access that and listen to it whenever you would like. And, and talking about Patsy Cline, before we get into more about Jim Reeves, Patsy Cline is important because, as, as most of you already know, earlier this semester we featured Patsy Cline on the show. And uh, I mentioned how stay tuned for Jim Reeves' show, and, and similar to... Uh, Marty's comment of um, Sam Cooke being, you know, dying tragically in 1964. Stay tuned in the near future to um, hear about Sam Cooke and everything that happens with him. And so I think it's important with Jim Reeves to also lightly talk about Patsy Klein, like I did with Patsy Klein's uh, featured show, lightly talk about Jim Reeves. Um, Patsy Klein was this iconic country artist at the same time. Um, she had a little bit more to do with the country style at that moment. She didn't necessarily go to new style um, compared to what Jim Reeves did but you have this um, importance, I guess is what I'm trying to say. This importance of what Patsy Cline is doing. She becomes extremely, extremely popular in the country charts and she starts to cross over as well. So you've got two artists, two country artists that are not only very popular within, within country music, but they're also starting to become very popular within the crossover, you know, crossing over to the pop, um, chart as well into the genre, um, as well. So you, so you have this, this happening, um, throughout this time. So it's important to mention Patsy Klein and, and the duets that happened and there's actually a digitally a few I believe a few digital um, versions of, of duetting for the two that um, producers put together which is kind of interesting to check out. A um, little neat they're singing the same song just Separately, but they put it together. A um, tragic day for Jim Reeves. On Friday, July thirty first, nineteen sixty four, Reeves and his business partner and manager Dean Manuel left Batesville, Arkansas, en route to Nashville in a single engine Beechcraft Debonair aircraft N eighty nine seventy two M, with Reeves at the controls. The two had secured a deal on some real estate, so that's why they were going to Nashville on this date, um, July thirty first, nineteen sixty four. Once again. They actually encountered a thunderstorm while flying over Brentwood, Tennessee, and a a subsequent investigation showed that the airplane had actually been caught in the storm and Reeves suffered uh, spatial disorientation um, due to the storm. Forensic evidence shows that Reeves turned left rather than the right, as told by the control operator, in order to get out of the storm, but his mishap actually pushed them further into the storm. Um, rather than away from it. Reeves let his airspeed go and stalled the aircraft. Reeves actually made a fatal mistake by applying full power before leveling his wings and induced a stall and spin um, mixture that was too low for the plane to recover at this height. Um, They actually ran into the heavy rain at 4.51 p.m. and crashed only a minute later at 4.52 p.m., um, which was found by the investigations, several investigations that were done um, by the police and by uh, forensic uh, investigations and teams as well um, during 1964. The wreckage was actually found about 42 hours later and the engine and nose were buried in the ground due to the impact of the crash. The crash site was located in a wooded area near northeast of Brentwood, just east of Interstate 65 and southwest of the Nashville International Airport where he had planned to land. Um, this mo- the morning of August second, nineteen sixty four. After an intense search, the bodies of Manuel and Reeves were found in the wreckage of the craft. And at one p.m. local time, radio stations across the U.S. began to announce his death formally. This is all happening. Um, July thirty first, nineteen sixty four. Jim Reeves's tragic day, and I, I feel that. Um, I mean, wow, what what a tragedy! And I, I feel the past few weeks been featuring a lot of artists who really, really passed away tragically. A lot of plane crashes overall, lots of plane crashes, um, un- unfortunately, with iconic, beloved musicians. Um, and Jim Reeves is just another to add to the list that we featured on the show. And I feel that um, it really is just unfortunate. And to hear, you know, to me what's interesting, and this kind of goes back to that comparison thing of what life was like in 1964 compared to what would, what life is like now, today, in 2020. Um, obviously, forensic investigation is like triple what it was in the 60s. But you have to admit, like, in 1964, if you have an investigation that's that well thought out and realizing that this is probably what happened. That's that's impressive, but it's important um, for the times. That's showing that times are changing and things are developing. We have more um, technology occurring, more technology being developed and being released to everyone, especially forensic departments. But at the same time, you have this ability for people to... To figure out how how these things are happening, especially deaths in, in this case, and um, so this works for you know different cases within the crime world and, and um, death world, but at the same time it, it works on on in this case um, for Jim Reeves and in, in investigating exactly what could have gone down. But at the same time, we we don't know, nor will we. Ever truly know what exactly happened? This is simply um, our best guess uh, due to investigation and everything that we we found out and can figure out. This is what happened. It, I think it is um, interesting to um, to analyze the fact that uh, you know the times, especially the exact time that Reeves could have been um, discovered and, and the time that the crash happened. I think is huge. The fact that the rain started. The heavy rain started at 4.51, and then within a minute, a minute's time, 60 seconds, Jim Reeves loses control, cannot do the thing he's supposed to, and they crash. Whoa, and the think 1964, this is happening. 1964, people are able to figure this out. And that, that to me, just shows that development period and everything that's happening throughout, throughout time, really, throughout time. Um... But musical career and accolades uh, about Jim Reeves as we move on, it's tragedy. It really is Jim Reeves passing. And it was, man, it was untimely. And then that gets into what could have been um, section real quick. What could have been for Jim Reeves? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. Jim Reeves would have been just an even bigger megastar. And I know we say that for a lot of artists, but really, that's the case it is. And Jim Reeves is, I think the definition of that being the case. Jim Reeves wasn't going anywhere. Jim Reeves was not going anywhere. And that to me is just how tragic his passing away was. And so Jim Reeves passed away at the age of 40. He dies at the age of 40, a young age, you know, not quite middle age yet. And he's getting there and, and, um, He's, he's extremely popular. He's been around in, in the music industry for, you know, five to ten years, and he's extremely popular within the 50, 1958 to 1964, and um, just wow. But this gets into after he passes away, and it, this is the thing, is that Jim Reeves was more than likely, not only was he more popular, more likely, more popular, um... internationally, outside of the U.S. than he was in the U.S., but Jim Reeves was actually quite possibly, it's debatable, but quite possibly more popular after he passed away than before, than during his life, and um, I don't know if that should be considered tragic, unfortunate, or simply just intriguing. I mean, there are a lot of artists that way, a lot of artists that was super popular during their time. Say Kenny Rogers, you know, super popular during his time, and he was popular again, and and he, he stopped with music, and and every and he just kind of took a break, retired basically, and then he passes away earlier this year, and about a month ago now, and boom, his music's back. Bill Withers is a great example. Of recent, you know, tragic passing that um he was quite popular during his time but hadn't done much with music and then one day he passes away and next thing we know it everyone's listening to him again and, and I, I think um, with Jim Reeves it wasn't a long span either as everyone hears how he passes away now everyone's got is like oh I gotta listen to him you know Jim Reeves this is Jim Reeves we gotta listen to him so this is all happening for Jim Reeves um, and this actually leads to Reeves being elected to the Country Music Hall of Fame in 1967, and they actually honor him by saying the velvet style of Gentleman Jim Reeves um, was an international influence. His rich voice brought millions of new fans of country music from every corner of the world. Although the crash of his private airplane took his life, posterity will keep his name alive because they will remember him as one of the most important performers in country music. And this is issued again by the Country Music Hall of Fame in 1967. So, just three years after his passing, not only is he extremely popular still, and more countries, um, which I'll I'll mention in just a minute, are becoming, hopping on this Reeves train of sorts. Like, oh, we gotta listen to Reeves, you know, Jim Reeves. We love Jim Reeves they love his music and then the exposure of Jim Reeves is just crazy in these respective countries not only is this happening but Jim Jim Reeves is being recognized for his work and his artistry and just how brilliant he was and the fact that he he started a new country style one that with all the different country nowadays um who knows without Jim Reeves or if he stuck with his original style without Chet Atkins's um influence exposure and help he may have never been the artist we really do know him as today and the world knows him as today and who knows today's country music might be similar as to what it was back then might be completely different we may not have as many of these um, different styles of country music we may not have as many crossover um, artists within country and pop music we may not have country music simply as we know it today And that goes for a lot of things, and a lot of things that we we pawn off and and, and, uh, ponder about in in question on the show, but at the same time, I think um, just simply with Jim Reeves. Who knows? Who really knows? And so in 1998, Reeves was actually inducted into the Texas Country Music Hall of Fame in Carthage, Texas. Um, Many singles were released and became hits in the U.S. and internationally um, right after his death and even years after his death. Um, India and Sri Lanka were quite fond of Reeves during his life, but uh, even more so after his untimely passing. And those are the two countries that I said I mentioned um, earlier in the show that kind of hopped on that the Reeves train a little bit later. They, they really did love Reeves during his lifetime, but it wasn't until afterwards when this big influence and uh, rise of Jim Reeves' music really um, became monumental for these two countries respectively. Now our one question segment, and please feel free to comment on anything that you may feel, um, you would want to ask Jim Reeves if you had that opportunity to, to meet him, to talk to him, whatever it may be, please feel free, uh, maybe sing a song with him, play guitar, whatever, whatever, Uh, whatever it be, um feel free to go and put that in the comment section and think about what would you do with Jim Reeves if you had that opportunity, that one question to ask, or that time to just sit down and talk with him. And I think personally, I'd have to do on duet on I love you because as one of my personal favorite songs, but I'd, I'd settle for anything. I really would. Uh, but I, I'd love to be able to just talk to him. And I think the big question I would ask him is, despite um, Chet Atkins, was there anybody else who really supported your decision to change your musical style? And how did you get that silky yet easy baritone vocal? Um, it seemed so easy for him. Was it easy for you, Jim Reeves? That's what I would want to know. Um, so those are two those two questions and that latter question being kind of a point off of the larger question, which is despite Atkins, was there anybody else who supported your decision to change your musical style? So again, feel free to comment if you do have any one question um, you would ask Jim Reeves or maybe something you'd sing with him on Um. At all. So that's definitely something um, that uh, I, I would ask it, and uh, I'm, I'm just curious by overall. And I just connected the dots there, Aiden. Your, uh, co- your comment men, people that you would want to uh, see featured on the show. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Cochran, Bobby Darren, Glenn Miller. Got it. Bobby Darren would be a really good show. Definitely try to feature him within the next few weeks weeks. Um, Again, all kinds of music, some of Jim Reeves' classics, both um, um, nationally and internationally as well. And of course, um, that title track of the movie that he starred in um, for South Africa, Kimberly Jim is on there as well um, Love is No Excuse Danny Boy, um, classic Irish folk song that he covers in Ireland um, Across the Bridge on his spiritual record that he releases The Blizzard uh, the live rendition of it, um, Have You Ever Been Lonely? the duet with Jim Reeves and Patsy Cline My personal favorite, I love you because, and of course, the all-time Jim Reeves classic, he'll have to go, all being featured on the show, to just name a few. But again, what could have been with Jim Reeves? Well, what could have been with Jim Reeves is quite obvious, um, as I already stated. He will continue to be legendary, just amazing his silky rich vocals would have been so important and so influential on music as we know it not just country music and who have continued to expand worldwide internationally um i have no doubt about that that's what could have been with jim reeves if he hadn't passed away um tragically again his tragic untimely passing of the the iconic country silky voice artist jim reeves was friday july 31st 1964 and um He tragically passed away due to a plane crash. Um, But quick reminder to like us on Facebook right here. It's pretty easy to like us on Facebook. I adore the title as well. I love you because Kaylee is a beautiful title and is a beautiful song. I highly recommend you go check that out on the playlist if you haven't already or have heard it already as well. but like us on Facebook at the days that music died. And of course, like us on Twitter. That's something that I will get better at. I promise you, um, but go ahead and like us on Twitter at the days that music died as well. And of course that podcast is recording right now and we'll have that audio up to you uh, later, an uh, edited version of sorts later on, um, two So that's some exciting stuff there. And of course, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you all are well and are staying safe. Um, We're getting through this. It's April 30th. Tomorrow's May 1st. I'm crazy to think that we've already been through a month through this. Um, We're getting through. Uh, I can promise you that. And everything will be okay in the end. Um, But thank you again for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. I hope you all enjoy as much as I enjoy doing the show. Um, And we'll catch you next week as well as every week uh, right here on Facebook Live on Thursdays at 3 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you later. Stay safe. Be well. Thanks, guys.